You are now listening to Tuck Gidget's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a blue belt who trains at Monster Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA, located in Smithtown, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, Tina Rivera. Hi, thank you for having me. And I, look, I'm happy you are here. So, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so this is this is my, my home girl. Good, good friend of mine's. We, um, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember what group that we that I've met you from. I know it, you know, it eventually hopped over to the Discord channel, but oh, I cannot help you with that because I am like a total jujitsu group whore. Okay, I am in all <laughs> of the groups, so there is no knowing which group we met. I don't know. I mean, if you're in one or two groups, we might be able to narrow it down, but I'm in like 17 groups, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't jump up a lot too. <laughs> there's so much you can learn from being in all these groups because i feel like in your school you have a very certain culture and if you're not expanding your experience then you kind of get st- stuck in this thought process of that's the way things are and not that that's a bad thing but for me i just wanted to see how other things were going on and, and globally on facebook you get to see how things are all over the place so yeah so i'm just throwing myself out there and getting input from all different people and different perspectives so it's a good thing gotcha 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 mm-hmm. all right so why don't you give give us a you know a history of you know your training Oh, gosh. Okay. So you did introduce me as a blue belt. And I got to say that sounds a little awkward because I'm not used to it. I only got my belt two days ago, which means thank you you so much. So what that means is for the last like 36 hours, I've been fielding congratulatory text messages and DMs and high fives with, you know, wherever I go, because everybody knows. And it's just like, Sometimes I forget and then it's a reminder when I get this little boop on my phone that says congratulations, you know, and then I feel all warm and fuzzy all over again. And <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so I'm still like it's it's like not my own skin. It still feels very strange. And I mean, like, this is a a pretty low promotion, okay? I got a few stripes, and then I went to blue belt, and blues are so low on the the scale. But it is, I think, a really big promotion because it's the first belt jump. And Mm -hmm. I imagine purple would be pretty pretty cool, but by the time you get to brown, is it that big? I mean, you would know because you've gotten there. But by the time you get to brown, my thinking is it's not that big of a jump from purple, while white to blue is a big thing. And for me, especially because I'll reveal to your listeners right now, I was a white for almost four years. And that is, I don't know about other schools, but that's like unheard of in my school. In my school, it's 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. And if you train regularly, if you're like a super trainer and you just got out of high school and you've been a wrestler for four years, 12 months. Right. And if you're somebody who's, you know, in moderate, decent health and you have some athleticism and you're training pretty consistently, 18 months. <laughs> for me, February would be four years. So that's a really long time. And that's something that I have had to struggle with and come to terms with and become comfortable with more importantly than anything, because it's disheartening when you see people just you know who came way after you and then advancing before you and right. i have you know i struggle with are they reasons or are they excuses reasons or excuses why it took me so long to advance and i'm settling on reasons i'm standing by that <laughs> <laughs> she said 
I'm standing my ground on that. I'm standing my ground and I will double down on that because I am not your typical student. And I think that's good for other people to know because, you know, I am a very tiny woman. I am in my 50s. I am a mother. I have multiple jobs. I have a lot going on in my life. And so you can, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So I have a lot of friends who say, you know, oh, I could never do that. Well, you know what? I technically on paper, it looks like I could never do this, mm -hmm. but you know what I am? I am doing it and I'm not going to stop doing it. It's so it's going to be a longer path for me. And I had to become comfortable with that. But you're, and, but you're willing to walk it though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll tell you what, when I got my belt a couple of days ago and I'm in the locker room and I was legit the only female there. Okay. And if I wasn't the only female and there were other females, I am legit the oldest female and I am legit the smallest female. Okay. That is indisputable. <laughs> and so that, that class I took, I was the only female and I'm there in the locker room and we only have one locker room in my school, by the way. So we all just pile in there. It is what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, there'll be like eight year olds running around and then there's women running around and men running around and actually I take the word running out we're all tripping over gym bags that's what we're doing in the locker room of course and um <laughs> you can envision it right and you know and they're telling me you know they're congratulating me but also telling me you are such a badass because i am going up against men who weigh twice as much and they're a foot and a half taller and it is what it is there's yeah. no point in complaining and um you know, there's um, <laughs> and there's a sweatshirt that I've seen so many times on Facebook and I really want to buy it, but I also don't want to spend the money on it. But I love what it says. It says, uh, stop complaining, work harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And have you seen that one? They advertise a lot for yeah, it. Yeah, and that. I want it. I really want it because I feel like like that's what I'm walking. Stop complaining, work harder. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Because like um, when we when we would talk and, you know, in the in the discord and you'd be like, yeah, you know, I'm a forever will be a white belt and I'm just going to accept it. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And it was like, it, it, I don't know. I just read the tones like she's about to stop. Like I need her not no. to. Okay. No, 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 okay. No, no, so I did read it wrong. Okay. Good yeah. enough. Good well, enough. the backstory is, which I don't know if you remember me telling this or maybe I didn't, is that I did MMA for seven years. Right. And the reason why I switched from MMA to, to BJJ was because that MMA school that I was at increased their prices dramatically. And it was a kind of, it was a chain school, very well established. And they had an amazing curriculum for fitness and for fighting and it was a great place to be and i started there because my son was there and actually um this was going back 11 years now i guess um my child was um um well actually going back 16 years i was pregnant with my my 16 year old now and i would see all these people coming in and they were so fit and they were so strong and they were so confident and i thought i want to be just like them <laughs> so then when that fetus inside of me went into kindergarten i signed up myself and that's how i got into martial arts i wanted to be like those people and now i finally my schedule opened up because my children were in school and i had this time and then and i stayed seven years i did that and now i was the person who is fit and trim and strong and confident. But then what happened was they they changed the curriculum and they changed the pricing schedule and kind of priced me out of it. And even though it was a great, great program, I could not swing it. So I was looking for another school and one of my friends was at Monster and the very, very different program, different pricing structure, different schedule. And the schedule was more accommodating and way more classes. And I said, yeah, I'll try it. Tried it, 
loved it. Mm -hmm. Completely different, but loved it. But my thinking was erroneous. My thinking was that since I'd had all these years of martial arts behind me, I was going to slide in and just nail it. No, <laughs> I that did was, not slide in. I was literally going to ask that, it. like with your, with your experience that you had, like when you mm -hmm. transitioned to like jujitsu, like how, oh, how big of so a, like, hard. I guess, handicap was it? Oh, so hard. So hard. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I do want to say, though, that I transferred to Monster with um, two of my friends and they at this point are purple belts mm -hmm. and I'm just white to blue. So it's I don't want to say that it, it's impossible. It just didn't really work out great for me. But I'll tell you, like, one thing that was very different for me, which was was a hardship at first was, you know, in my other school, when we would do grappling, it was always very regimented in, and my my sensei would say, okay, this is the round where you're gonna start in open guard, okay? And then this is the round where you're gonna start in side control, you know? And then we would go and it would be live, but we would go. But then I come to Monster and, you know, it's an open mat and, and I would say to my partner, okay, how are we starting? And he would ask me, what do you mean, how are we starting? Well, what's the position? What do you mean, what's the position? Well, I don't even know what to do. And, and before I had the word do out of my mouth, they had me down on the ground pinned because they're just like, enough talking, we go. Let's That's go. how we start, we just go. <laughs> we slap and up and we go. What do you mean we just go? I need some guidance, I need some direction. No, 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 you don't need guidance. You don't need direction, you need to fucking train. That's what you need to do. And so that was an adjustment, you know? And so it was like, coming into monster it's that school is predominantly um populated by a lot of um law enforcement op officers so they're training differently because they're training in a way that's going to help them in their job right. um you have you know so it's it's those are the kind of people that are there and so you know what we do we do that's what we do we just do, we just do. and i have to get used to that yeah and i love it i love it now but it was an adjustment so that was one thing it's super gritty super super gritty you know so it's, you know, that I think that a lot of, I, I like to say all the time, you know, anybody can do it, but mm -hmm. I will also in the next breath say it's not for everyone. So I realize how conflicting that is, but the bottom line is if you want to, you can. Yeah. Doesn't matter your size or your age or your experience. If you want to, you can. If you don't want to, don't do it. <laughs> do not do it. Do not do it. But I, but, you know, you... but I, I really employ people to to just give it a shot. Yes, you know, absolutely. It's like it's not even about like the the martial arts and in, in that aspect. It's more so like it's a hell of a workout. It, it oh, it, and it for would, your cardio. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Because I, because yeah. I got you know I get people like you know when I was getting ready when I was like you know at the end of my purple belt road going to like my brown belt. Like I, you know, I kicked it up, like my training, um, you know, just everything changed. And, you know, I started dropping weight and people was right. like, what have you been doing? Jujitsu. <laughs> like, oh man, you look so great. What you, what, you know, what you, what you been doing? Jujitsu. Mm -hmm. What you been eating? I be eating crap, but it's jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's jujitsu. Okay, but can we just not tell people that part? Because you still want to eat well. Of course, but yeah, but I mean, it's it's just a misconception of people. Like you know, they have to have like everything like in order to be able to like you know get in shape and stuff like that. Like no, right. like I yeah, I I cut back on a lot of stuff that I was eating, but yes. mainly I kicked it up in you know training. You know, to it you know going to classes, 
uh, you know, two days a week, and then we had open mats. And when we do open mats, we just roll. Right. And at our school, yeah, we're a small school, but we are predominantly mm-hmm. big people. Like we are a okay. smash style jujitsu, so it's a lot of tight game, a lot of grinding, a lot of yeah, it's a lot. So you can't help but to burn energy and lose weight when you're rolling with you know heavy heavy guys, two three round three you know four minute rounds. Yeah, right. it, it happens. Yeah, you really do. It, you know, it's it is a hell of a cardio workout, and mm-hmm. you you hear. When people first start, for them, just the breathing is so damn hard. And that's something that my experience was a little different from yours in the regard that when I started, I was already in really good condition. So I didn't have problems with the cardio. I was already at my top weight or not my top weight, but my optimum weight. Mm -hmm. And for you, you were losing. I didn't really need that. I just need to work on technique. I was already fit. Yeah, and, I, yeah, because I was and so I was a big a, guy when I started, but yeah, like right. it fluctuated yeah, back and forth. Exactly. I mean, dude, your transformation has been amazing, and thank you. Um, and and I'm not surprised though, but you know, I'm sure that you have. Do you have some people at your gym who are really great technical, but maybe not the most fit? Because I feel like even if you don't get into really great shape if you make that choice where you're you're going to be training a lot and you're going to work on your cardio because you can't help it you got to keep moving but you can still eat crappy foods and not do anything extra because i know besides jits you're still working out okay because you have multiple things going on you're still doing your strength training you're still Mm -hmm. doing other things besides the jits so but there are people who only do jits and they can and have phenomenal technique and not be in great shape and so i feel like that's something that's good to know also because if you're somebody who's not overly fitness conscious and don't care you can even still get good at it like you can still look at it as a hobby so you can you can use it to to reach your fitness goals or you can use it just as a hobby where it's emotionally or mentally therapeutic you're still getting something out of it so um so at our gym like i said it's you know um me a couple other other guys there are you know we're bigger guys um two of the guys there are mma fighters wrestling background and it's like we get you know we get those set of people that come in through the door all the time big heavy strong guys or we get young super athletic guys Right. It's never nothing in between. Like we either get someone's like super strong or super young and fit. So Okay. And you know, like me and my uh one of the guys I did a pod, you know, did a interview with uh, earlier, we usually talk about this a lot. It's like, man, we you know, obviously we getting older in our journeys, but like these dudes are getting younger and stronger and faster, dude. <laughs> like we can't keep rolling with these guys like this. I mean white belts, they don't know nothing but their drive and just hunger right. is there. Right. It's like, oh God, it's it's gonna be revved up to ten every single time we roll. But right. we gotta we gotta stick with it. We gotta stick with it. Well the alternative is worse because no matter how slow you might feel as as you're feeling your age, mm-hmm. you get off the mat and it just exacerbates the problem. And then coming back is even harder. So you just take it. You just get out there and take it. And those kids are giving you mad respect. So Yeah. And <laughs> it's so funny you say that because there's been so many times I would take a week or I think the most I've ever taken off the time off the mats is maybe like two weeks. Okay. And when I stepped back on the mats, it felt like 
I've been going for like years. <laughs> no, like, but it comes back. Like oh, the no, second yeah, it, it comes like, back, but it's like, oh man, it's like, how did my my body forget this? But like now, I could be sore, muscle aches, mm -hmm. back aches, everything hurts. I'm going to class. Right, right, like, right. I'm going to class. Like even after like my purple belt test, I was like, I mean, not my purple belt. I'm sorry, my brown belt test. I was at home, and I was just laying there like I'm so ready to go back to the gym. Right. So, so yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Can't can't live. But without I feel it. like sometimes, like just getting there is the hardest part. And I always say, you're never gonna regret going in. You're only gonna regret not going in. Yeah. So no matter how much, you know, the couch beckons or the refrigerator beckons or family friends beer beckons, if you can just fight that. You know, just fight that, focus on getting in for your training. Once you cross that threshold and you walk in that gym and you feel like the heat and the humidity and you smell the bodies and the music's playing and, and you just like, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like I'm home. <laughs> right. That's where you're, it's just a matter of getting there. You just yeah, have to you just get, gotta there. get there. And then you just got to get there. The pieces there. fall into place once you're there. Mm -hmm. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's the hardest part because it's so easy to make excuses like oh, i'm tired i'm injured uh, i have to take care of my kids whatever just get there just train and it's you know what that i feel like that's going to be my next tattoo i just thought of that idea today um i have one tattoo that's an homage to my my non-quitting spirit i put i got that a few years ago and that's my only tattoo and now i want to get another one that says just train just train just train that's all you need to just just it's so just it's, train. it's, it's, it's so such simple. a powerful but yet simple message like oh how do i right. get better just train just train Oh, how, just do I, how do I get it's, this? Just train. Yeah, because there's you can look for keys to like look at like conceptually how this move works and conceptually how that why that move doesn't work and you can analyze it every which way. But you know what the bottom line is, right? Just just, keep, just train. Just train. Just it. That's just the bottom train. line. And I feel like if I and and having this other bit of ink on my arm actually has helped me through the years as a reminder that you're strong. You've lived through so much. You can live through more. Oh, and yeah. so maybe I need that other one on me that, you know, when I'm thinking, well, you know, I'd rather just watch this show and catch up on my, you know, my DVR shows or Netflix, whatever. But my, my, this little reminder on my wrist is saying, just train. I'm going to let that be my guiding tent. Just train. Yeah. So, and that, I'm just sharing that because that just popped into my head today because I've been thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do next. And uh, that's the thing that I got to do that. I've made the decision. It's gonna. Be, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. So, so when, so when was your that moment you realized like jujitsu was gonna be your forever thing? <sighs> um, I think it's you know when I started out, it was um. Okay, first of all, I also do Muay Thai and I do Krav Maga and I do jujitsu. So I, I do all three of them because I started with MMA. So which is a blend of all three You're and dangerous i'm day <laughs> no i would like to say not dangerous i'm defensive okay Very. which means that i am i am authorized to walk about long island which is where i live at three o'clock in the morning and i'm good okay um and that's important because i'm a hospital worker so i work all kinds of wild crazy hours mm -hmm. but um but i think it was 
you know, I actually did this might sound crazy, but I actually did get into a little bit of a barroom scuff once. And mm. it was a little it was a little scary. And I believe one hundred percent that if you get into a fight out in the world, you know, just with people, not people you're training with or whatever, it's gonna be on the ground. Oh, of course. You know, when you when you watch movies or whatever and they're like throwing punches, maybe you'll throw one. <clears throat> and that's all the that's all the stand up is gonna be. Oh, yeah. Then it's on the ground. And I want to have those ground skills. And so it, it's really, really hard to develop those ground skills. But as I was training and I started to develop them, and then you get that first sub, and it's like, oh, my God, this is it. That's that moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment where, you know, you academically know this is going to help me if I'm ever attacked. If somebody comes up behind me at the ATM or whatever, you need jujitsu skills, okay? And every once in a while, you'll see it in the news that, you know, jujitsu fighter uh, subdues the guy in a 7-Eleven or whatever, you know, and it just, you know, and then we post it all over the place saying, see, vindication, we're doing something good, you know? Right. And then it's 100% true. And then you get that first sub and you're just like, I can do you know, and then it, it, I think you, the addiction comes. And then yeah. in my case, and I, I hope in your case also, and I hope in the case of all of your listeners, my teammates are so supportive and it becomes a family. Yes. And so when you have a family, yes. you're not cutting ties with that family. You're not going to leave them. Yeah. And so I'm while I am working on my journey, I feel an equal responsibility to help my teammates with their journey. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if I decide I don't want to do this anymore, not only am I disappointing myself, I'm disappointing my my teammates. They're yeah. counting on me to be there. They're counting on me to support them. You don't have a school if you don't have people. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm just, there's the loyalty there. There's the commitment there. And I did have that moment where I thought, where I knew I can do this. Right. So all those things together, I guess, maybe it wasn't one like a lightning bolt, but all these those things together, that's what keeps me there. So people know, you know, uh, Tina's been gone for a month, but she has a good reason. We know she's coming back. And that's 100% true. Yeah, because even even at, you know, at my school, we're we're small. We, you know, I think we probably got like, at the most, maybe like 10, 11 people, give or take. Okay. And, okay. you know, but the, you know, the main core people that usually be there, we're, we're tight. We're like, you know, right. we're family. We talk almost every day. Right. You know, let one of us miss a class. Phone's going off. Like, hey, right. just checking on you. What's up? Why you ain't been in class? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it's, you know, it's it's that dynamic that you have that, that yeah, that, that pulls you back into it because, like, you, you train with these people three, four hours, a, you know, a day. Right. Two, two, three, maybe four days out the week. So you you get to you know you get to bond with these people because y'all are both in this room and you you're rolling your frustrations and anger and anxiety away and you just can't right. help but just be like yeah I love you man <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, thank, like thank you very much like I love you man you, you yeah and it's a very intimate sport yeah it is and you get to know people so so well yeah and it's and. I was um I, I was telling my wife this before and it's like when you so like you know when you when you buy a car right you, mm -hmm. know, you get you get this car and all of a sudden you start seeing this car everywhere okay like it's so weird like whatever you start doing or you start seeing a lot of like you mentioned something and it just start popping up right you're just noticing it yeah you're just noticing it a little bit more and that's how it is with jujitsu like you know 
just going through my, you know, my journey, I say about time I got to like purple, like mid purple, I started to like notice people's body movements and the way they walked and walked. And it's like, you train, don't you? Yes. There's an extra perception there. Yeah. It's, it's definitely there. And I, I know I know a lot of people do it, but like once you you start training, you get addicted to it, you start learning this stuff, you start sizing people up. Like right. I could take that guy. Oh, that guy might be a struggle. <laughs> she look a little feisty, or you know, like I, I would have to get him to the ground quick. But like, yeah, you you do start to notice people's like I said, you notice their mannerisms, you notice the way they, they their body language, the energy they give off. It's like mm-hmm. you train, don't you? And then when you find out they train, you get so excited. To the point where it's like y'all just y'all y'all instantly family. Oh yeah, it's like your puppy instant. dog and tail is wagging now. Yeah, because <laughs> I had a, um I had a customer when I was still working at T-Mobile. He noticed my um my keychain is you know my purple keychain. He's like, oh, okay. you, you a purple belt? I was like, yeah. Jujitsu? I was like, yeah. He said, oh, you know, I'm a blue belt. So I was like, oh, so we're you know we're we're chopping it up, we're chopping it up. And I think an hour went by. His wife came in to the store. It was like, honey, what are you doing? You oh, know, she was pissed, right? You know, what's funny, I thought she was. I was like, it was my fault. We were talking about jujitsu, and the conversation just, you know, just took off. And she's like, oh, so you train too? I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, me and my husband train. And there's another whole hour went by. So it was just like, you can't, I don't, you can't get that nowhere else. Yeah. Well, that's such a nice thing. I, I couldn't even imagine what that's like when you have a couple. We have a bunch of couples in our school that train together. And I just think that's an amazing thing. And that's something that you, I mean, your whole family, right? Yes. My wife is back training. My daughter started training like a month or two ago. Your daughters are so cute, though. I can't even stand when you post the pictures. I'm like, <laughs> in their little pinky. You, I, it just kills me every time I see that. I love it. Man, I know, right? And she, she's, man, I talk, I could talk about this all day, but she, she's amazing. <laughs> I'm she not going to stop amazing. You. Like just how you know how quick she took to it, you know right. she's so smart and just man, it's, she's she's awesome. But but yeah, um, so being so being, I guess you know I you can kind of say jujitsu is a predominantly you know male sport for sure. Um, so as a female, like how. Like, what was your, like, biggest difficulties and trials of joining a gym of this, you know, of, of, of this sport with predominantly men? Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, one of my friends um, that came from the other school with me. He said to me when I first joined, he's like, you know, you need to know that this is a lot more hardcore than what you're used to. Um, I forget. the. I don't want to say hardcore. He said something else. He's similar to hardcore. But he just wanted to make sure that I was comfortable with that, that I was going to be able to handle that. That it was, and it, it is. It definitely, like I said, it's it really, really gritty. And um, I said, no, I think I could do it. But maybe for me, it wasn't that big of a transition because of the fact that I had a friend who brought me. In addition to my friend bringing me there, I had two friends that transitioned with me. And uh, so I wasn't like walking in cold. Like I've got the most respect for the people who walk in off the street mm-hmm. and they don't know anybody and they're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'll tell you, we have this girl, um, her name is Kylie, who trains at my gym. And she started out immediately in the adult classes and she was all of like 15 years old and 87 pounds. Okay. Not a lot of girl there. Very tiny little girl. She was the kind of girl you could just push her and she was down and she didn't want to hurt anybody uh-huh. and she didn't want to get hurt. But I mean, what was she even doing there? How did she have the 
the where and she came alone she didn't know anybody there but she was like hmm, i think i might want to be a police officer someday maybe i should try some martial arts so and her dad lost? was really yeah. <laughs> so, so, right why don't you do that so her dad signs her up and mm-hmm. this little tiny slip of a girl trained her ass off and now she's been there like two years she's a blue belt now you do not cross her no 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 and she's also someone who is authorized to travel about the island in the middle of the night nobody's worried about her ass anymore but i loved watching her transformation loved it loved it loved it and i'll tell you what she's the one she is my hero when i see her because she's just a little girl and she's not even an adult like she has no um, accomplishments to, I mean, I could say, yeah, I've got a, a college degree and I've got a, a, you know, I'm a college professor and I've got ki- like, I've got all these accomplishments. I can walk in the door and say, you know, if it, things don't work out, fuck this. I've already got accomplish- accomplishments. I don't need it. She's, she hasn't graduated high school yet. She's got nothing. And she still walked in there and she's like, I got this. I can do this. She's my hero. So for me, I didn't have as many challenges walking in with all the guys and everything because I had a support group built in. Mm-hmm. But then once I was in, I mean, it just stands to reason. Look, I'm small. I'm older. I'm the wrong gender. My testosterone levels are very low. Um, I don't weigh a whole lot. I don't have height. I'm five feet tall. Um, and I'm in my 50s. So, you know, everybody's smashing me. But I did notice over time that the more my partner smashed me, the more it was an insecurity in his own part. So all I had to do was wait out the round, just let the clock run down. So if I had some, you know, 22 year old kid who's, you know, you know, 187 pounds, six and a half feet tall, and he's just like smashing me, he's, he's feeling some kind of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, I would just, just, just do it, you know, whatever. I don't care. In three and a half minutes, this is going to be over. And I'm just going to move on to the next guy and you deal with your own problems and I'll deal with mine. Um, the people, I find the best, best roles or as a white belt were the browns and the blacks mm-hmm. because they were letting me try technique. They were giving me those uh, those openings and those opportunities and they weren't crushing me with their weight. They would pin me and they would control me, but they weren't knocking the oxygen out of my lungs. You know, they were they were like if I used the right technique, I could still get out. If I didn't get out, it wasn't because they were crushing me. It was because my technique was bad. Right. So that's the kind of thing that, you know, when I first started, I had to be able to discriminate between the ones who were just being dicks and the ones who legitimately were just so much better than I was. And the goal is to just get better myself. Yeah. And then that goes away. So, yeah, yeah, I'm small and I'm older and I'm a female. But you know what? Nobody cares. Work harder. Just got to just got to work harder. And that is, you know, that's the, the mentality that I keep to when it comes to uh, training with lower belts, because, yeah, when you walk into a school and you, you know, if you know anything about martial arts and ranking, you see a person who's a black belt, a brown belt, you know, even a purple belt, some blue belts. They, people instantly get intimidated because you think like, okay, I'm not going to be able to train with that guy or right. he's gonna just going to steamroll me or I'm just going to get ignored. No. Right. I know a lot of schools are like that where upper belts don't lo- roll with lower belts. Yeah. Like my instructor, he's a black belt. He will roll with anybody who acts. And I'm, you know, I'm exactly the same way. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get nothing out of like smashing a white belt. Nope. You get nothing. I get, and your I white belt isn't getting anything either. Exactly. So if I'm rolling with anybody, okay, I'm like, you know, what position you want to start? 
If they say from these, mm-hmm. okay, we'll start from these. If you want to start in my guard, mm-hmm. side control, full mount, so be it. But you're going to work. Right. You're not just going to just lollygag and play in my guard or just, you know, like, no, you're going to work. Right. And I'll give you enough time to figure some stuff out. I'll, I'll even walk you through some stuff. Like, okay, don't do mm-hmm. that. Fix your bases. Fix this. Fix that. <laughs> fix that. And then after a while, I was like, okay, then let me go for the kill. Get this roll over, and then we can go over what you, you know, what you know, what needs to be fixed. <laughs> and they'd be like, dude, like you, like I, I couldn't think of nothing. I was like, of course right. you could. Of course. You oh, could. I know that feeling. What do I, I do just, here? I, I don't know. I was like, we've. I'm like, we've all been there. We all been in that moment where we like, I can't pass this person's guard. Right. I, I'm doing everything I possibly can, and he's just playing with me like a cat and mouse. And yeah, yeah, we've all been there. We we've all been there. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. I yeah. love to see people grow. I I exactly. I feel like the black belts, the brown belts, the purple belts. I feel like they want to bring the lower belts up to their level. I mean, you're going to have an asshole once in a while here or there. Not that many. Most of them want to bring everybody up to their level. Mm-hmm. And there's if you're just crushing them, you're not bringing them up. And then what's the point? Now your people are stagnating. So yeah. I, I – and but I, I have – had to chuckle to myself a few times when I'll, I'll hear somebody who has been around for maybe they're, you know, under a year, you know, they've been around for a while and they'll complain, Oh, so-and-so is going so hard on me right now. Like all of a sudden I can't, I can't submit them. Well, yeah, because they were letting you submit them before. And right. now as your skills build, they're using more of their own skills because they're letting you grow. They're giving you the space to grow mm-hmm. and, but they can't give you too much space because then you won't grow. So it's, you know, so I, you know, I noticed that when, if, if I ever become a purple belt or a brown belt, I know those black belts are going to be slaughtering me. But right now they give me a little space to grow Mm -hmm. and I appreciate that. And I, you know, I've never, it's very rare that somebody will turn me down for a role. You know, they're, they're all pretty supportive. Um, you know, I know a purple belt doesn't want to roll exclusively exclusively with white belts, but if you know they've got eight rolls in them, they'll throw a couple of white belts. They'll do a couple of blues, maybe a black. You know, mix it up a little bit. Yeah, you like you have to you have to really give me a reason to not work with you. Like, what would be a reason? What kinds of things will say? Yeah, I'm not I'm not rolling with that guy. Like, if you know, no matter what the rank is, like if you're being too spastic, if you're grabbing fingers and like, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Like okay, that. like we stop, slow down, like slow down, turbo. <laughs> don't grab fingers. Don't do this. Don't do that. And you know, usually there's such a t- moment of desperation. Yeah, of course. I mean, I I ex- I expect that from a white belt. Like I ex- expect <laughs> that from a white belt. But we're talking, you know, blues and purples, and you know, granted, we don't have you know we don't have those issues, but you know. Those are the type of people who's like, okay, dude, you should know this stuff by now. Like we had, you know, we've I've rolled with other people, and it's like, dude, you still grabbing fingers? Like you still trying to do crazy stuff? Like come on, bro, like slow down. Like we ain't getting paid for this. It's such a desperate submission. It's like, well, I can't get anything else. So my feeling is, if you can't get anything else, how about you get nothing? 
because you still got something out of the role like you got the experience and you should be getting something even if you lose you got something so you don't need to be getting that cheap sub like that because it gets you nowhere it gets you nowhere and and that's it's i think that's just an issue of pride they need to be knocked down a little bit and understand that it's not about the sub it's about gaining your technique and um and so when i see somebody going for my wrist or my fingers i'm just like um look i use a fucking pipette for my job i can't i cannot have an injured hand and you know and sometimes i'll nip that in the bud with just like a look okay because i have the mom look all right (laughs) (laughs) and they're just gonna let go of my hand if i look at them in a certain way right (laughs) i'm not having them there is no reason for that there's no reason for that and you know and if we you know if we get visitors of our or you know whenever we get a chance to go to another school I, it's, it's respectable to be like, okay, hey, we're going to roll. All right, what what's ailing you? Are you comfortable with wrist locks? Are you comfortable with, you know, this and this and that? Let me know so that way when we do roll, I don't hurt you or right. you don't hurt me, so on and so forth. Because, yeah, you know, not everybody, everyone is doing this for money. You know, we're doing this as yes. a hobby, as a therapy right. and stuff like that. So we can't afford yeah, we to, to be, you know, limping off the mats every single night. That is true. Or fingers broke and like, nah, I can't go to work or I can't pay my bills. Yeah, no, it is very true. Everybody needs to walk out of there. Um, I think that some people have, they're working with too much pride where they just want to get a submission and they'll go for a cheap shot and they shouldn't be getting credit for that. That's ridiculous. Anybody can crush your fingers. But then you have the other side where people have so much pride that they won't tap. Mm-hmm. And that's a big issue. And when people tell me, you know, they've got these injuries because so-and-so cranked their neck or whatever. And I'm like, well, why don't you just tap? You do not have to get injured. Just tap. Yeah. And that's like, I think that's a real big white belt thing where the white belts, they just, their pride is there. They don't want to get tapped and they really should. And I tell them, look, if the person did the technique right and it's fair and square, just give them the tap and then start over just again. start over. You know? Right, because if you've got like a five-minute round or a four-minute round and they've kind of sort of like tapping you at three minutes and you're holding out, holding out, holding out, you're wasting, you know, 20 seconds of that round. Tap, start over, get your time in. And it's it takes a while for people to learn that because they're just like, I can't, I can't get submitted. I can't get submitted. You are a white belt for, for, you know, just take the tap, take the tap, move forward, learn something. And they need to realize and understand as someone who comes into, you know, jujitsu with that mindset, you're not going to make it far. Like, no, like your ego needs to be left in the car. No, ego. either you're going to get hurt, get humbled, or you're going to hurt somebody and you're going to regret it. That's the thing. And I have hurt people and I do regret it. And it's only because, I mean... Not that I ever took a cheap shot like that, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm clumsy. Okay, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. say I'm clumsy. I've broken a tooth twice, not my own. I feel bad about that. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, two different people. And I also um, caused one of my partners to for his um, eyebrow to be uh, open. I need him in the in the in the eyebrow, and he got like twelve stitches. Wow. And I feel really bad about that. Yeah. So three times I injured somebody really really bad. On the flip side, I have been injured. I broke a bone in one foot. I broke a toe in the other foot. Um, oh, you know, it happens. I haven't, but, ju- well, jujitsu related, I haven't broken anything, but. 
don't do besides, besides my body <laughs> <laughs> but you're breaking it to make it stronger of course of course <laughs> like it's it's like now i got like this little bag i keep like all my my you know finger tape and ankle bracelets and uh knee brace and everything and my coach oh, come over like oh look who got his brown belt body i was like i don't <laughs> i don't want this <laughs> Don't forget your bacitracin for when you get like a cut or something. No, yeah, he we got all that stuff. Yeah, I have a big scratch on my ankle right now from a partner who didn't cut his toenails. Nails. You know, I just I went to the side after the round and I see my ankle is bleeding. I'm like, what is this? And I said to him, I was like, dude, look what you did to me. He's like, oh yeah, sorry, I didn't cut my toenails. But it no no no. Let me rephrase that. He said, oh, I didn't cut my toenails. There was no apology there. And I always say there's no apologies in jiu-jitsu, but I felt like you know, oh no, that deserves I'm an apology. Leaving. You you know you know to you know keep your nails cut, clipped, and clean. Man. Yeah, he's a good guy. We we laughed it off. It wasn't a big injury, but yeah, bacitracin, neosporin, whatever. You got to have some antibiotic ointment for that. Um, so I have I have my my little my bag of first aid things in my gym bag also. Well, you're, um, you're a mom and you're in the medical field, so that that I that makes am a sense. mom in the medical field. But can I just say, you know, if anyone has listened this far to this podcast, I just want to suggest to everyone, you need a bottle of liquid bandage in your bag. Liquid bandage is the best because it doesn't come off. Mm -hmm. So I had, uh, have you ever used it? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's great. I had um, an injury on my nose, got smashed into the mat or whatever, and it kept, it would it would scab over, but then every time I'd come and train, the scab would come off, and then I'm bleeding again. It took so long to heal, but the only way I could protect it was with liquid bandage. Um, can't put a bandaid on my nose. It would be off with the first bit of sweat, yeah. and the liquid bandage works amazing, and I would pass it around to people if they need it, and then they cry because it hurts so bad when you put it on. But oh, once it dries, it is a godsend. So anyone listening, you gotta have a bottle of that in your bag. Got to, got to, yeah, gotta have that. Yeah, it's just, it just comes with it, man. You gotta have your med kit. Yeah, like you gotta have your jujitsu survival bag. <laughs> you know, tape, yeah. mouth guard, right? Whatever. And I. Technically, the rule is if you're bleeding, you have to get off the mat, right? I mean, that's a hygiene rule, I think, oh, of right? Course. Like, no, we don't, yeah. we don't do open sores or right. But if you can put the liquid bandage on it, get it to stop bleeding, then you can get back on the mat yeah, again. Your money, so, right? Yeah. So it's that's the thing, and a regular band aid is not going to do anything for you. You might as well just go home. Right, it's just going to fall off. So have you? I don't know if you if you told, but you have. Have you ever competed or thought about competing? I I. It's funny you ask that because I never did. I never wanted to. I couldn't handle the stress because I have so much other stress in my life that I knew it wasn't a good fit for me. But I did start thinking since I was a white belt for so long, I thought, you know what? You should take advantage of this because you can compete against other white belts and you will just destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, just, just do it. Just, just go out there. Just sandbagging everybody. You know, and and so there is a competition coming up locally. For me, local would be Connecticut, New Jersey, or Long Island. Those three places we have competitions, and they're they're local-ish. You know, mm -hmm. and um, and so there is one coming up in um, oh, it is November now. It's coming up soon, and I was kind of thinking, should I do that? Like, just get you know, I'm a white belt. I'm, I'm I've been a white belt forever. I should just go out there and you know compete against the white belts, and then bam, they give me this blue belt. 
let me tell you something. I am not competing against a blue belt right now. I'm not doing it. You should do it. <laughs> I feel like that window closed. No, you should do it. You should totally do it. Oh, you're right. I should do it. Because you know what? As long as you're comfortable losing, why not? There's why nothing not? to lose if you're comfortable losing it. And, you know, they always say this at my school. I don't know if they say it at yours. The value in competing is not the competition itself. It's not about winning. It's about the preparation for the competition. Yeah. Because when you prepare for the competition, your skills just ramp up. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, and that's what it's about. So if you compete and you lose you still gained so much skill in that, you know, that month or two months, whatever, that you would not have gained had you not been competing because you wouldn't have been training so hard and so focused um, if you weren't competing. And so that's that's why I should do it. But then, I don't know, I'm scared. I think you should do it because, you know. Yeah, I knew you were going to that. Yeah, but you've competed so many times, right? No, 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 no. I only competed one time. Okay, and how did that go? I mean, I kind of remember you posting a picture, so yeah, I got steamrolled. I got, I got, yeah. I got, I got the business in the right. in the worst way possible, but I I did enjoy the experience. Cause and I was, would you say you trained so much more beforehand because of it, like ramped up from your normal schedule? You said be, like before or after the tournament? Before? No. Like to prepare? No. no. I didn't. Well, that's why you got steamrolled. No, 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 not well. Yeah, that too. Whatever. Because I, you know, yeah, I was, you know, purple belt was like a really, really rough. Like purple belt journey was rough for me, like okay. the whole two years. But you know, you know, me and one of my trading partners was going to, um, you know, we were going to do it together. But you know, he decided to not do it. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll still do it. And I went in with the expectations of I just want to see what this is like. You know, I never really rolled that. Yeah, I never really rolled with anyone outside of our school. So it was, it was, you know, something I wanted to experience. Okay. But when I tell you after that tournament, like I felt good. Um, it was, you know, the dude I I rolled again was extremely humble. I'm trying. I'm I'm going to find this guy because I would love to have him on here too. Because he, mm -hmm. um, this dude was like two sixty. Like six oh three, my gosh. strong, no. strong guy, and he was a. I don't know if he was. I know he was a purple, but I don't remember like if he had any stripes. But he's like, yeah, man, I've been competing for, you know, ex for like eight years, and I'm like, oh, well, it shows. It shows. <laughs> okay. Because even his his um instructor, he pulled me to the side. He's like, dude, you did an amazing job. Like this dude is, he's just that. He's good. He's strong. Like right. we have, we all have trouble with him. So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. But that moment on, I was like, if I ever compete again, that's not how it's going to go. Okay. Like, so like, I like, cause I'm, you know, going to compete in January. Um, I think it's like the middle of January. They having a tournament here and I'm like, so ready for it. I'm getting so ready for it. I'm, I've been tr like revving up training. I've been like, trying to get extra time in like in the gym on the mats like yeah i want this experience to go crazy because i know as a brown belt it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough. oh yeah stakes are a little higher now yeah the stakes are a lot higher and plus i'm like I, you said what the person that you that you competed with the purple belt mm -hmm. is you don't know what rank he is now no 
because I because I, I know for a fact I can probably find it um find a picture on my phone but I know he was a purple belt but I don't think he was right. I don't think he had any stripes okay so he's probably still a purple belt then. yeah so he's probably still a purple belt but you know the dude was phenomenal extremely extremely technical and it was like it was nothing I could do to stop this guy but then I found out he he played football, like professional football. So I was like, oh well, really? well that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like when I, you know, the new guy comes in with zero stripes. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna take that guy, you know, and I'll be waving to him. You want to ride with me? Come on, let's have like, You know, like, and I'm all excited on, about the new guy. Fun. And then he just destroys me, and I'm like, you're a wrestler. He's like, yep. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> like, yep. I feel like they should have a different belt. Like, when you come in for, like, brand new, brand new to jiu-jitsu, but you had eight years of wrestling, you don't start with a white belt. You start with, like, yellow or orange or something. Like, give us a warning, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like they come in, it's like they've got, like, like this cloak of invisibility around them. No. Disguise, okay. No, give them an orange belt that says "Warning." Okay, this, this is guy not is a real a wrestler. Belt. Yes, he's a wrestler. Okay, he doesn't know everything, but he knows enough. He knows enough. So that's always that that it brings me down, you know. And there's like, and and I try to suppress it. Like I'm not looking to, you know, destroy anybody who comes in just because they. But but in my position, occasionally rolling with somebody with no experience is kind of cool, you know, to show, hey, I know something and you don't. And then the wrestler comes in, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> it didn't work out the way I thought it would. Oh yeah, I, 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 so, I, yeah, I, I finally really... like he was a football player. Must have been a little bit like also validating because you lost to a really tough, tough opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was very, it was cool. It was a cool experience. Very humble. Well, I won't say humbling because I wasn't going in like, yeah, I'm about to just wreck the division. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was like, I, I, I want to see what I want to see what happens. I want to see what goes. You know, whatever happens, happens. But did you find that um, the, the 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 pairings were fair? Because I know a lot of people complain about that with the with the competitions. That you know, they'll be looking at the pairings for like a week before, and oh, there's not enough people in my bracket. I'm gonna be moved up. I'm gonna be moved down. Whatever. Like, did you feel like it was done fairly for you? You know, I I don't think so. Because, because okay. um, when they when they um, put out the rank, not the rankings, but they put out the divisions and everything else, right? And it was supposed to have been like eight or nine. I think it was like eight, eight to ten people. That's supposed to have been like the purple belt masters division. Okay. And obviously they did like you know light, super heavy, blah 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 blah. And I knew for a fact that like there were like. I was considered me and the other guy was considered ultra heavy and there was a couple like super heavy guys and there was like a couple light guys the super heavy guys didn't show up okay so it was a big gap between the weight division so we just did super heavy you know me and the guy who was super heavy and then they did like the smaller guys and it was like well well shit i was expecting to get at least about a good four rows in like you know four matches in but it was just the two that i had with with this guy right yeah but yeah that's that's definitely it's, it's that's a definitely a bummer right so i went to a competition last may and i wasn't competing but i was there with my team mm-hmm. and uh and one of the guys who was competing i can't tell you the division or whatever but he was at the time he was purple belt six foot three probably 220 maybe something like that so whatever division is appropriate for that mm-hmm. size and rank and literally nobody showed up 
So he was paired with somebody. That person didn't show up, and there was no replacement for him. So he got a medal, which I think he, like, threw it out as we were walking out the door because he was like, I didn't earn this. I didn't compete. He didn't roll. He did nothing. He did coach some of the other um, – uh, some of the other teammates, so that was great that he was there for that. Um, but for himself, he never got to compete. He paid to compete, he showed up, and he never got to roll. And so I feel like, I mean, I don't know if there's any way to get around that. I don't know anything about, you know, the production, you know, how they produce these events. But I guess whoever shows up is who shows up. And, you know, I feel like that's a tough thing. So it was a real disappointment to him that he didn't get the role. And so you didn't get as many partners or as many roles as you thought you were going to get. Right. So from so from my knowledge of um just looking into tournaments and whatnot, it's usually yeah you have your different divisions, you have your different weight classes, you have your different ages, and it all depends on like yeah who shows up. So it, yeah, eight man bracket or eight ten man bracket will turn to a round robin depending on how many people showed up and depending on how, and depending on the weight classes. Okay. So it's it's finicky like that because. Yeah, it, it happens. It happens a lot. And plus, you say he was a blue belt, right? He was a purple. Oh, he was a purple. And that's another thing. A lot of a lot of um, like t- tournaments that I've seen, it's a big predominantly like kids, and a few like a lot of white belts, a sprinkle of blue belts, and just like a like a speckle of upper belts. So is it more for them, like, been there, done that, don't care anymore? I don't know. I, I don't know. Because I know, I mean, like, I was like, I know there's a lot of people that, you know, that still trains and, and that still competes. But, you know, yeah, but things happen where they can't show up or they don't show up or they don't register in time. It's a lot of factors that goes into it. But, yeah, it definitely hinders the tournament and it definitely sucks for someone who you know who has trained and put that time in and you know put that valiant effort to show up and then you get there and it's like yeah you yeah have, and paid a hundred dollars for your admission but usually what they do is if they have moments like that they won't they'll either refund him or they'll just give him a, like his spot on the next time they come uh, have a tournament in that area will be he already be paid for Right. So he's not. Well, what they did for him was they just gave him a medal. He was the winner. That's what they did. You won. Here's your medal, and it didn't mean anything to him. Nope. I wouldn't. I would have done the same thing. Honestly, like it's not even like it. It it feels like a participation of of reward. Exactly because the person forfeit. So if there's a forfeiture, obviously you're the winner, but you didn't earn it, and so he doesn't know if he would have won or not. He would rather know if he would have won, and he'll never know. So um, you know, and there was no backup. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if that's right or wrong. I don't know how else it could be handled, but I do know it's a bummer. It's definitely a bummer. It's definitely yeah. it definitely hurts. But well, that's you know that's a part of the game. That's just right. A part yeah. of, a well, part when of you're just amateurs, right? <laughs> Once you get to the pros, they'll find you a partner. Oh, they'll find you. They'll stick you somewhere. Stick exactly. You somewhere. So at our level, that's how it is. Hmm. And I'm just like, I, you know, I think about this too. I'm like, why did I wait so long to want to start competing? Really? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it was about me doing that one tournament. And it was like, you know what? Let's, let's do this again. 
Right. You know, I think it takes a special kind of person because, you know, we have, there are some of the girls that I train with, there have been some who, who, you know, three months in, they're like, yeah, I'm going to compete. And then they do. And then they lose, but it's okay. But they don't care. And they're like, I'm going to compete again, you know? And I'm just so amazed at how many of them come in. They start as white belts. They've got a stripe. They've got two stripes. And they're out there competing. And they're like, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. And they're, I just... I want to know, like, what is it about their personality and their upbringing and their relationship with their parents and their position in the world and their mindset, all of them, that makes them think, I'm going to compete. And then here I am saying, hell no, I'm not competing. And I've been doing some kind of martial arts for 11 years, and I'm like, I am not competing. What's the difference in the mindset? Where does that come from? And how do you change that? I don't know. So yours changed. You were the guy who's not competing. And now you're the guy who is competing. I, I don't know. I guess. How did you break I, through that shell? It was, I guess it was just, like you said, it was just, I just did it. I just got out there and did it. Because I would, you know, if I would have just sat back and I was like, yeah, I don't, like, I want to experience that, but never experience it. It's just like, it's like almost like you're getting bit by that jujitsu bug again. Right. Like okay. You, you like you get this part where you're training and you're you know you're learning, you're working your techniques and you're working your skills, but you're actually putting them to the test now, outside of your school because you right. you know you train and roll with these people all the time. Yeah, you will get caught in something, you'll catch them in something, but you kind of have a general idea of what their game is, which is not saying it's a right. bad thing, but right. this person over here, you don't know nothing about. Yeah. You you didn't know this person existed until today, mm-hmm. and right. it's like okay now I get to really test my skill because he don't know me I don't know him he doesn't know my game I don't know his game, and once I started to think about that I was like oh this is fun, like this is gonna be fun. You just needed the push to do it. Hey, now was, you're that guy. Yeah. Now I'm like okay. I hate that I started that brown belt to start competing, but <laughs> let's go. <laughs> okay. So now that you're that guy who's like ready to compete, how is that going to affect your, how you, um, I guess, guide your children? I mean, um, they're starting way younger than you did. Yeah. So are you going to be encouraging them or pushing them towards competitions or just, you know, whatever you want to do is fine with me? You know, and with my daughter, I, you know, she was there. She was there at my first tournament. Okay. And, you know, she, you no, know, she saw me. She was like, Daddy, did you win? I was like, no, nah, I didn't win. So she was like, aw. I was like, but it's okay. Daddy, have fun or whatever. So, you know, we get, in the, we get in the car and, you know, she's holding, like, she's, like, wearing my medal like she wanted. Aw. And she's like, Daddy. I was like, what, baby? She's like. Are you, she's like, are you going to do, are you going to do this again? I was like, I don't know. We'll see. She said, oh, I want to do one too. (gasps) I was like, a part of me got so happy, but a part of me was like, are you just doing this because you, you see your dad doing it or you really want to. But now seeing her in class, her taken to this and she, like she, she rolls around with the other, like with the other kids in the class. And before she started training, she was a, she was very timid. She was a little bit quiet. Yeah. But soon she started like training, and she like she ended up um, hitting a takedown on one of the kids, 
and the look on her face uh-huh when she did it and she looked over at me and she thought she did something wrong and i'm like how old is she again can you refresh my memory she she'll be six in like ooh, on 11 okay oh, sorry she'll be seven on 11 she's six now okay but yeah so she she saw that and she's like oh i can do that and I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're, you're, this is what we trained for and her like it's just like a night and day switch she has more confidence she's speaking up no matter who it is if you mess with me oh she's like no you leave my daddy alone <laughs> i'm like i'm like baby i appreciate you but he, he got you by at least 350 pounds boo boo ah! I, I need you to stop he is a grown man like <laughs> he's not nearly as cute as she is in a pinky man. so she still has that going for her yeah you know what though i'm gonna say as you know someone who's been parenting longer than you i feel like when you lost that round and she saw that, that's probably the best thing that could have happened, the best outcome for her confidence because she sees how you handled it and she sees it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were just like killing it, just winning competition after competition after competition, now she has something to live up to. Right. But you lost that first one and you showed her it's okay. And now she knows it's okay. And she's more likely to compete herself. And the more she competes, the better she's going to get. And the better she gets, the more she's going to win. You know, so it's this whole cycle towards success. And so, you know, I this this will sound corny. Allow me a moment. But I feel like so many of the things that when you're a parent so many of the things that happen to you are really to the benefit of the child like you're no longer living for yourself no not at and all. is the universe saying let's pair him with the guy who's going to smash him and it's going to be an honorable loss because look you know what the difference in them between like your experience and, and the size and all that and let his daughter reap the benefit of that moment mm -hmm. because you know what look your time passed you're just the dad it's her world now Oh, yeah. And and so, you know, you're she's growing with you. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I'm super jealous of you that you have that. <laughs> but, I don't that. but yeah, I would love to see her flourish in jujitsu. I'm not she's already to, flourishing. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's it's a natural flourish. It's not uh -huh. like because, you know, it's like, you know, going to the real tangent real quick when I see a lot of parents that's, um, you know, their kids in jujitsu, it's like the new soccer moms. It's like they're, okay. they're putting their kids in these sports and they're like, you know, you can kind of tell so many kids are just doing this because their parents got them into it. Oh yeah. And it's like, they come out and compete and they're timid. They're scared. They're crying. As soon as they it's step on the mat, it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like, Oh my God, I just want to, I just want to run out there and hug them. Like, I just want right. to stop the match. Like, no, it's it's okay. But, the you know, the dad, that's the dad in me. Like, you know, I just want to run out. Like, especially if it's a little girl. I'm like, right. come on. You know, get out of here. Let's go. Let's go get some ice cream. But <laughs> but at the same time, it's like you get these parents. It's like, no, you got to go out there. You got to. You got to. I'm like, no, I that's no. I can't do that. I can't do mm -hmm. that. So, like, when my daughter, you know, when she have her moments in class where they'll be playing around rolling and she'll get stuck on bottom or she's like, Oh, I got, you know, I couldn't get up. I'm like, look, you, you, you will learn. There's no need for you to cry about it. You just going to, you're going to suck it up. You're going to get better. And we're just going to keep moving. As long as you sit here and cry about it and not change it, you're never going to get good. So she's like, 
okay. I was like, you gonna stop crying? She was like, yeah. I said, are you gonna keep trying? Yeah. Okay, go do it. And next thing you know, she's out there kicking butt. And you're not surprised. No. No. Because no. <laughs> no, no, you've no. known her like her whole life. Yeah. <laughs> she, she she is me. And it's like, I love it because I'm like, she's living out my childhood of like doing the martial arts at this young age. And I love it. Yeah. I think I would have liked to have done some of these things when I was younger. Um, you know, it wasn't really it wasn't really a thing then and it wasn't something that my parents were going to be able to swing for me. And, you know, I was very, very shy and I, it just, it wasn't going to happen. And I've made it an option for my children. I have two sons who are college and high school and they're just really not interested, but you know what? They may, there's so many people I train with who started it 30, 40, 50, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe my kids will be doing it. Maybe they'll graduate from college and they'll say, Hey, you know what? Now I've got a little time in my, I'm working and I'm not studying because seriously, a job is so much easier than being a student. Being yeah. a student is so hard. And we try to keep that a secret from the kids and tell them, this is the best time of your life. It's never going to get easier, but you know, it's a big lie, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you go out there, you have a job and you do your thing and you come home and now it's behind you. That's so much of an easier life than, you know, living day after day after day, knowing that you've got this science fair project doing three weeks and every day it weighs on you. It's so much harder being a student. So maybe, you know, when they get out of college and they've got a job and they're like, you know what, now I'm ready to focus on something else. And then maybe now I'm going to try. And you know me, I'm going to be like, hey, you ready to come train with mom? You ready? You ready? You ready? Come on. I got the key. Let's go. To the dark side. And if they don't want to, that's fine too. But I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, definitely got to. Mm -hmm. You got to. Yeah. But um, was there anything else you would like to add for today's episode? Um, or any questions for me or anything? You know, I just want to ask you your thoughts on this one last thing. I know we've got to go. But, um, no, I, you know, like I said, I joined all these Facebook groups because I just wanted to get a, a feel for what was going on in other schools. Mm -hmm. What kinds of things were they learning? What was, you know, good? Kind of take that pulse of, of these other places that have different experiences. And something that I've seen and have been really disappointed by, um, and I don't, I don't, I doubt this is happening in your school, but maybe you've seen in other schools, is that there's so many students out there that are so, I guess, like, like kind of elitist and bullying and negative. And I see that in the posts where they are judging other people. And I felt like if you're in the jujitsu community, you're all supposed to feel the same way. And I was disappointed to see that that's not true. Mm -mm. And, I, and I don't know if it's an individual thing or is it the culture at that school? Because I'm just going to say right now, there are no assholes at my school. No. You know, maybe there are people that you don't like gel with or you don't have a chemical react, uh, chemical connection with, but no assholes. But I have seen posts by people who, not to quote anything, I can't quote anything, but just, you know, just really, really negative posts and attacking each other. Yeah, and I no. just don't even understand that. Like, where does that come from? I don't, I don't know, but that's that is a weird thing because like but you've seen it yeah i've seen it before and right. I've seen, you know it's like like how like you like i don't know to me jujitsu is sacred yes it's it's something bigger than just a martial art i can't speak for you know karate muay thai and stuff because i i didn't i didn't learn that stuff i know about it but i never learned it i learned right. jujitsu i'm learning jujitsu and 
the every single time I step on the mats with people I've never met, um, people I've been training with for the past five years, we're we're good. We're cool. We're right. good. I've never been like, well, I've had issues with you know past students, but never to the point where it's like I'm bullying them, I'm bashing them because I don't I don't have mental space for that. Right. Like no, once I'm in on the mats. Everything that's bothered me get left on the mats. Yeah, and, yeah. And I go home, you know, right. just to do it all over again tomorrow. But like, yeah, no, right. I don't. I don't see how people can carry that type of, you know, animosity towards somebody that you train with on the daily, right. unless they did right. some really, you know, dickish stuff or gave you a really valid reason to make, you know, to feel that way towards them. But no, right. not just not just because. Uh-uh. But I see it towards like other people that they encounter on Facebook maybe don't know them. Okay, here's an example. You know, I, I saw a post about somebody saying that uh, they wanted to get a, a jujitsu tattoo. You know, and what should I get? Should I get, like, the word jujitsu? Should I get a gi? Should I get stripes? What, like, whatever I want to get. And then you have 27 people saying, oh, that's, you know, a dick thing. You don't need a jujitsu tattoo. You don't need to tell the world that you do jujitsu. Well, and my feeling is, what? just leave them alone. Leave them alone if that's what they want and that's what makes them happy. You know, because my feeling is if you're a jujitsu practitioner, nothing matters. And then you have these other people saying, if you are a jujitsu practitioner, you can't do this and you can't do that. And these are the rules. I thought rules go out the window now. I am free from all of that. I can now do whatever the hell I want because I am a jiu-jitsu student and now I'm free of all the bondage of the judgment and everything else. And then you've got these other people who are also practitioners of the art who are now laying down rules. You're practicing jiu-jitsu so you can't get a tattoo. Yeah, you can't ask about stripes. You can't, whatever it is, all these rules like stop already. Yeah, and like so I, as the my mother, the, as the mother in me comes out and I jump in there and I'm like, who are you to judge this person? This is what makes them happy. You are going to stunt their journey Journey. you know you're gonna take you're sucking the joy from them you know and you know it, it's just like and then i get all like riled up and i feel like i need to defend this person that i never met against this other person that, that i never, never met, met. <laughs> no but you know i i love you know this is this is kind of like the core reason why i i wanted to do this um this podcast because there was a lot of people that you know, view jujitsu in like totally different lights than, you know, everybody yep. else. Everyone walk a jujitsu journey, but the paths are, you know, obviously different. So right. that person that's asking for that, you know, that recommendation for a tattoo, you don't know what that person went through to be able to accept jujitsu that changed his life to be like, you know what? I, I want to, you know, basically brand yourself with, with this, with this, right. um, this jujitsu tattoo. One hundred percent. Like I have two, like currently two jujitsu tattoos um, since I've started training. I'm mm -hmm. planning on getting more. I am a walking billboard for jujitsu. Like go I'm, get I, all of them. I have hoodies. I have t-shirts. I have, <laughs> you know, at one point I'm. A, I have to do it on my car. I, I currently have now, but I had like you know my jujitsu logo on the back of my car. I had my belts on the back of my car. I have keychains. I have you know. I love jujitsu to the point where it's like I'm wearing it every single day. Like you're mm -hmm. gonna know that I do jujitsu. You're living the jujitsu life. I'm living the jujitsu life. So yeah, but that sucks that people you know gatekeep and feel like they're 
a certain right. rank that they can talk to, uh, you know, a underbelt or, you know, whatever, any type of way. Like, yeah, granted, yeah, you may be a higher belt, but we're still human and we're still going to show respect to each other. This is what this sport is about. It's not about, yeah, just because I'm a higher belt, I, you know, my rules go like, no, like this is, they do something, they're doing something they love and they want to show that they love it. Leave them Exactly. Alone. Right. I mean, it's supposed to be a confidence building um, hobby, I guess, a confidence building pursuit. And then someone in that same pursuit comes and smashes you down. Who is that person to do that? And then, I, you know, and, and I'll be aggravated and I'll tell my husband, I just had to go to battle on Facebook again. And he's like, again, Tina. <laughs> All right. Tell me when it's over. Oh, you'll know when it's over. <laughs> Just have to take a few deep breaths and step away from the phone. She said, "When binges is done, that's when you know it's done." When binges is done. I'll tell you that I am my most formidable when I not when I'm in jujitsu mode, but when I'm in mommy mode because that's when I'm just like, "I'm gonna take you down," you know. But in jujitsu mode, I'm like, "Hey, let's get a roll," you know. So it's a little bit different. (laughs) Right. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but I think it's great that you're doing this. I really do. And and um, I hope that people can listen to this and get something out of it and see that, um, you know, there's so many aspects of it, so many aspects of jiu-jitsu, so many good things that come from it that, like I said, it's for everyone if you want it. If you want it to be. Right. If you want, if there's a little part of you that's thinking, oh, I wish I could do that, you know what? You can. You can. You can. Just try you it. Can. I recommend everybody, everybody try it. So if you are yes. in the the New York area, in Smithtown. Smithtown, Smithtown, Long Island. <laughs> yes, y'all go visit, you know, Tina at, you know, Monster Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. Yeah, we love having guests there. The more the merrier. Just train. Yeah, just train. Just go in and say, hey, you know, just train. And they'll know what right. to talk about. <laughs> 100%. But, um. Yeah, but that's the end of today's episode. You know, I would think, you know, like to thank my guest again, Tina, for thank coming you in and um, blessing the podcast with your experience and your feistiness. Aww. And, you know, once again, <laughs> you know, so much fun. congratulations on your blue belt. Thank you. Oh, I do have a blue belt. You do have a blue belt. <laughs> I love hearing it. What color is my belt again? It's a blue belt. It's blue. Yes, it's it is. Blue belt. If you guys didn't hear, she is now a blue belt. Blue. Yes. It was a long time coming. Thank you so much. Yeah, but... And this is a great experience. Another great positive jujitsu experience. And you made it happen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But um, <laughs> everyone who, who's going to listen to the episode, I hope you guys enjoyed and, you know, to hear some of our experiences you know please go follow the facebook and instagram page to stay up to date on future episodes this has been talk your jiu-jitsu podcast keep rolling keep grinding and remember long live jiu-jitsu have a great day